Welcome to the SIP Advisor podcast, brought to you by Imbibe UK, the leading magazine and website for the UK drinks industry. Presented by me, Imbibe editor Robin Black. Me, deputy editor Millie Millican. And me, news editor Jacopo Mazzeo. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of SIP Advisor podcast. This is Imbibe news editor Jacopo Mazzeo. In this episode, we talk to Alex Cratena about the curfew and how the hospitality industry is coping with the many challenges it's facing due to COVID-19. We also remind you that Invite Live is joining forces with Barcom in Berlin, Brooklyn and Sao Paulo to produce Global Bar Week between the 12th and the 18th of October. This is a week-long program of events, networking opportunities and educational sessions. If you want to stay connected with the industry during these increasingly challenging times, you definitely want to check out the program and sign up on live.invite.com. But before this, we want to celebrate Black History Month. Running throughout October, it's an opportunity to recognize the contributions and accomplishments of people of African and Caribbean descent in every area of endeavor throughout history. We, of course, want to highlight what's happening within the drinks and hospitality industry to mark Black History Month. And one initiative that we have particularly welcomed is a series of workshops and masterclasses and talks organized by Black Book, a global platform for black and non-white people working in hospitality media. The series of events is still ongoing, running every Tuesday, so there is still time for you to, to check it out. You can find more info on our events page. The first of the series of events feature Alicia Hansel, one of our contributors, who, who discussed navigating her career thus far. We've also been very happy to see that some brands have really embraced this uh, powerful wind of change that began blowing since last spring. Brewer and pub company Green King, for instance, recently announced a partnership with Liverpool's International Slavery Museum to help educate about the historic transatlantic slave trade. As part of the partnership, Green King staff will be offered the opportunity to take part in workshops organized by the museum. And the museum will also be working alongside Green King to shed more light on the history of one of the brewery's founding members, uh, Benjamin Green, who is known to have profited from slavery and argued against its abolition in the 19th century. It must be said that Green King apologized for its past links with the slave trade earlier this year and subsequently established a new five-year agreement with the Princess Trust to create more jobs for young people from uh, BAME backgrounds. And that's not it. Green King will also be offering Liverpool's International Slavery Museum financial support towards its Black History Month series of events, which are definitely worth checking out. Of course, we want to focus on what the drinks industry is doing to celebrate Black History Month. But I think we should never forget that the reasons why Black History Month was created in the first place are issues that affect society in its entirety. So for a moment, I would like to move away from drinks industry and put my musicologist hat on and suggest a very interesting radio series produced by BBC3, currently available to listen on BBC Sounds. It's presented by composer Eleanor Alberga and uncovers untold tales of black composers who have contributed to Western classical music, looking at issues of colonialism and immigration. The show features music from Samuel Coleridge-Taylor, for instance, who was born in London in the late 19th century, but whose father was from Sierra Leone, or even John Blank, a court trumpeter to Henry VII. 
honestly, I'm sure that even those who are not really into classical music will find it fascinating. That's it for me. Let's now move on to our next segment where Mealy talks to Alex Kratena about curfew and how the hospitality industry is reacting to the current challenges. How did you feel when you first heard of the impending curfew that was coming in for bars and restaurants? I mean, the way how I felt when the when we learned that the curfew was going to happen, I mean, we, we just became sick because we instantly knew that we do 70% of our revenue after 10 o'clock. So for us, we, we you know, it was literally somebody just executed you in a broad daylight. Uh, I don't have any other things to say about it uh, because it was literally like issuing a death sentence and uh, you feel uh, very sad that, you know, nobody has consulted the industry on it. And also we have all seen uh, the, the government numbers before and uh, uh, it felt like a very, uh, you know, headline grabbing exercise from the government, uh, which was designed to divert the attention uh, from the problem which is really happening. You know, we've seen uh, 228 outbreaks in care homes, 25 in hospitality, so 228 and 25 is very different numbers, you know, the statistics. Uh, speak for it for for itself. Uh, you, you know, we are way uh, on 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 below or care homes. Forty five education, twenty one, eighteen percent for workplace. So we felt we knew that uh, this was this was it. And I'm already chatting with people who just from one day to another decided to shut down because they know there's no way to make it. And, uh, and and people are losing jobs. It's like that's the only talk people have in this industry. Yeah. Just one job lost after another. And how was business doing beforehand? The industry's been open since the 4th of July. You guys opened a bit later. How was business doing since you reopened? Well, since we reopened, we've been already doing sort of 45, 50-ish percent of what, uh, what we would normally make. So it, it's already been uh, a disaster. I think hospitality, you know, we are mainly young people. We, we are very outgoing and we tend to be optimistic. So we all felt, you know, like everybody was having this leap of faith. Yeah, if we push more, we, we, can, we can make it. And, and then this basically shattered in thousands of pieces. In layman's terms, you know, the most basic terms, what does this mean to your business? And what have your friends in the industry been saying to you since this announcement was made? Has it been, you know, wholly negative? This is a disaster. We don't know how we're going to survive. Well, it's a complete collapse. The bar closures, you, a normal person doesn't necessarily witness it. You know, if you're not part of this industry, you know, it's very difficult to understand. We see from the measures uh, themselves that they've been designed by people who have no understanding of the bar industry whatsoever. It's absolutely catastrophic. Uh, you know, Jonathan Downey just tweeted a few minutes ago that, you know, this is it. So milk and, uh, milk and honey, you know, has been killed by the curfew. Uh, you know, the dinarama, you know, every, it affects absolutely everyone. We have friends from, who run fine dining places. You know, uh, the kind of place where you need to book six months ahead. 
and uh, you know all 9 30 9 o'clock bookings uh, are now are now gone it's a complete the complete collapse of the industry apart from the collapse of the of the business it's also cultural collapse because what makes london one of the most exciting cities is all its independent uh, venues and they are the first ones to be gone and what about the chancellor's latest announcement around the job support scheme and the VAT cut freeze, does that make any difference whatsoever? Well, I think it's important to understand that uh, starting with the VAT free, that's obviously uh, not, uh, doesn't uh, cover alcohol. So that's, uh, you know, that's completely ignoring uh, entire bad sales that industry. And, and you know, that's, that's massive in the UK, you know. We are a little cocktail bar on Oak Street, but you, know, you, you, you have many other businesses who are very less so, so that's out of question. That's, that's none of a help for us. The deferral of loans and stuff like that, I don't, I don't think the industry needs more debt. Uh, also, in, uh, hospitality doesn't want more debt. What we ne- need people to do is to let hospitality get on with what we do in a COVID-secure uh, environment. The good breath will figure it out somehow. The less good might die, which would be a natural process anyway. The fact that this curfew has been imposed is literally a death sentence. And I, and I said it in an interview to, to, to few other people, and I have no other word. It, it sounds very strong, but if you have a, a decent understanding of how bar business works, how much you contribute to the economy. First of all, this contribution to the economy is gone and thousands or hundreds of thousands of million people will, will, will lose jobs. And, you know, hospitality, by, by the nature of what we do, we are the first chance, the first job for more young people. This is a stitch up of the entire generation. Instead of focusing on the care home issue, where, you know, the issue is the same like it was at the beginning of the pandemic. We're using hospitality as a scapegoat. The reason for that, because we are in a public eye, you know, what, what was the last time when you passed a care home and noticed there's a, there's a care home? It's very visible if you shut down a pub at 10 o'clock. And what are you doing to help survive this latest measure? I know during lockdown, you guys were producing bottled cocktails. What measures are you now having to put in place in order to try and survive this? Well, Millie, I think it brings me to, 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 to the very first point. This is a death sentence. This, this, this is it. Now we will just witness the businesses go out one after another. You know, the, the bottled cocktails, all the different initiatives, that's it. You know, yes, we, we, we can try to have people in earlier, leaving earlier, uh, but this is it. I think most people and most of my friends, they just lost any hope. It's better to be probably working away from it now before it starts to have, you know, this heavy mental toll, which comes with losing a business, losing your dream, but also, you know, going through insolvency, it's a a very stressful process. So what does the next step look like for you guys? How are you managing your day-to-day? Obviously, it's only been one day since this came into effect, but, you know, it's going to have a very quick impact on the bars. Day-to-day, when you get up in the morning, what's the game plan, if there is one? The government so far has been really good at uh, making U-turns when yeah. they have learned that, you know, something didn't work. Yeah. And uh, I, I think uh, what, what we all hold uh, really is this information about how damaging this is for jobs and businesses will get to the government and the government will realize, you know what, we try, we understand the curfew is not a solution and they will make the U-turn as they've done it with many other things. 
And, you know, there's nothing wrong with making a U-turn if you realise things don't work. So we just need to hope for that. Keep talking about it. Write to local MPs. If you own a bar, if you don't own a bar and you want to keep your pubs and bars and restaurants open, yeah, just keep talking about it. Go go out early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, go, go out and support the venue more than ever before. Exactly. Uh, you know, the, the burden cannot be only placed on the society. The, the government needs to take the action. And we, we see it doesn't work. You, you know, like... It, if you look at Twitter, uh, you know, a friend posting, you know, people vomiting at uh, 10 mm-hmm. o'clock. What was happening post sh- shortly after 10 o'clock it goes completely against the licensing objective, you know. <laughs> exactly. What time are you guys opening at the moment now? We're opening at 3 o'clock and I don't think we're going to be changing that because the lunch trade around Old Street completely collapsed. We see it on the places which are open, you know, they're doing five, six, seven covers, ten covers for lunch. And they only remain open because the chef is there anyway doing the prep. And, the, mm. the, you know, so, so the owners <laughs> serve of five people. But, uh, you know, that doesn't make a viable business. It's just an act of desperation. And you are in the premises anyway. You might very well serve those five people. But in no way that is going to help you. You've definitely caused a lot of other people on social media to talk about this a lot more. And hopefully with things like this podcast and just keeping talking about it, hopefully it will get to the government and we'll see a U-turn very soon. Fingers crossed. Thank you so much for talking to me, Alex. Not at all. Thank you so much and good luck. And I'll be in, I'll be in to see you soon at 3pm on the dot. See you at the bar. See you at the bar. Alex there, echoing what so many of us in the industry are thinking and feeling at the moment. Thanks, Alex. Along with many of you, recent times have meant that we at Imbibe UK have also had to take a bit of our business online. And so next week, we've joined forces with BCB Berlin, BCB Brooklyn and BCB Sao Paulo to bring you Global Bar Week. Um, It's an online event, which we're really hoping will be a celebration of the drinks industry across the world and the people who make it so great. It's a week-long programme of interviews, panel debates, advice, tips and how-to guides. It's completely free to attend. You just need to register in advance at imbibe.com forward slash live and you can also find out more there and see the full programme of events. You can expect to see the likes of Chelsea Bailey, Nicole Sykes, Brian Chetty, Lynette and Ivy from Speedrack, Megs Miller, Ian McPherson, beer writer Pete Brown, Gabe Cook, the cyberologist, and too many others for me to mention them all here. There's also a global exhibitor directory as part of the event, which means you'll be able to discover new brands and products, and you can book one-to-one meetings with people online from all over the world. Uh, Sessions will be on topics including creating sustainable hospitality businesses, um, lessons learned since reopening, preparing businesses for the future, Um, diversity and inclusion, how-to sessions on using waste in cocktails, how to batch for takeaway cocktails, um, panels on know and low and mental health and well-being and just loads more. We'll be there, all of us um, from Imbibe, chairing panels and chatting to some of the Imbibe community and we'd love to have you along as well. So please do register at imbibe.com forward slash live for Imbibe Live Online, part of Global Bar Week which will be taking place from the 12th to 18th of October. Thank you for listening to the Sip Advisor podcast, brought to you by Imbibe UK, the leading magazine and website for the UK drinks industry. 
If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and help your colleagues and friends discover the show by sharing and writing a review. You'll find more relevant content on our website at imba.com, where you can also sign up for a free copy of our quarterly print magazine and weekly newsletter. And please follow us on social media at UK. And if you wish to get in touch, send us some feedback, comments or ideas. You can reach us on podcast at imbibe.com.